You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. Today, my guest is Mike Hanlon. He is the executive director of the USO here in Indiana, and their website is indiana.uso.org. Mike, my full knowledge of the USO comes from Bob Hope and uh, the, the 1940s movies with World War World War Two. Uh, so, first, thank you for being here, and secondly, conceptions. What does the USO do? Tell us, tell us a little bit about your organization beyond what the Bob Hope perception might be. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much, uh, Chris, for uh, having me on uh, today uh, to share a little bit more about the, the USO and, and the good work that we're doing here, uh, here, here in the, the state of Indiana. Um, so a little bit about the, it's, it's pretty common this, uh, uh, perception. People hear about the USO and, and they're most familiar with, with Bob Hope and the entertainment that, uh, programs that we're providing, uh, but indeed we're uh, much bigger than that. Um, the USO uh, has been around for uh, going on 80 years now, uh, and uh, the USO stands for United Service Organizations, and and the, our mission is to strengthen America's service members by keeping them connected to family, home, and country throughout their service to the nation. Um, and from the moment they, uh, a person joins the military, uh, throughout their assignments, deployments, transitions, and everything in between, the USO is really uh, their uh, support system for our military and, the, and their families. Uh, here in Indiana, uh, we have five hospitality centers that we provide uh, uh, support for our service members throughout the state. Uh, many of our, our service members and their families are accustomed to seeing USO signs when they when they travel. Uh, we have uh, one at the Indianapolis Airport, um, and our largest center is at uh, Camp Atterbury. Uh, on a regular year, this is a, a, a little bit of a, a strange year with all that's going on with COVID right now, but generally we would support um, and have about 80,000 uh, service members go through that uh, center down at Camp Atterbury, which acts as a as a home away from home, uh, as service members are down there training and and uh, going through uh, their rotations down there from all around the all around the country, um, and that's one way that we're providing support. And those locations, that's one way that we're providing support locally. Um, we have 250 locations around the world, um, so. What we're doing here in Indiana is really taking place all around the all around the world. So when I walk into one of these centers and it's mm -hmm. you know describe home away from home, what happens there? What takes place? How does it how does it nourish and serve the soldiers that that walk in the door? Absolutely. So the uh, so USO centers uh, provide that the hospitality uh, that's so uh, that service members. Really rely on as uh, for the uh, to keep the morale up and uh, to get some much needed R and R. Uh, 
uh, during their, their time in the service. Uh, there's everything from uh, uh, cots and recliners, uh, X, uh, Xboxes, um, and uh, uh, televisions, game consoles, um, where uh, service members can uh, and service members can grab a food and snack, and uh, uh, sometimes and sometimes just as simple as putting a uh, uh, putting their feet up in in a uh, comfy recliner and uh, getting some R and R um, as they um, as they're reclining and, and waiting for uh, waiting for a flight. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, is it, it's not just in the airport, it's, you know, centers on bases is the, uh, the waiting room at the airport different than where they're at on the bases. I know, you know, as my friends went through the military, maybe you can articulate a little bit about what the, the, the average experience it is for soldiers these days, because, you know, I was surprised when my high school friends went into the military. Oh, they live on base or they have apartments. You know, how do you, it's not all in the case of huts that my grandfather was in in uh, <laughs> San Diego during basic. So how does the USO serve soldiers on a base like Atterbury versus, you know, the, the room at the airport? It is. That's a that's an excellent uh, question and great point that you're bringing up. It is the um, what the experience is quite a bit different uh, at the airport uh, than as you can imagine at, uh, on base. Uh, so, um, and, and that's not only true here in Indiana, uh, but throughout the Midwest and throughout the, the world as well. Um, so as you can imagine, when, when uh, uh, service members are at our airport center, uh, we'll, we'll typically see a lot more uh, families uh, who might be traveling with the service members or who might be waiting for um, for service members to return uh, from flights. Uh, right now, it happens that we are actually uh, uh, seeing many service members who are uh, coming from the, uh, uh, who are new recruits and going out to, um, and who are traveling through the, uh, through the airport center um, as they're going out on their, their mobilizations. Um, whereas at Camp Atterbury, uh, they, uh, many service members are uh, doing training drills and so forth. Uh, so the experience there uh, for our service members right now uh, with, all, with the support we're providing for uh, COVID, you may have heard just recently, uh, approximately 1,500 National Guard were activated uh, to support long-term care facilities uh, throughout the state. So uh, we're providing uh, some of the R&R &R and uh, uh, some when uh, service members are doing that training and getting ready for their mobilizations uh, down at Camp Badbury. Yeah, one of the success stories, and you correct me if this perception is wrong, but it is that the military has done a good job of navigating the pandemic and keeping their uh, employees and their soldiers and, and everyone in the military service safe. Is that true? I mean, how, how hard hit has the military been by the COVID pandemic? And then how has that changed what you do? It's, it, it's certainly been a very interesting, uh, time. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, we're here in Indiana, we're a very, uh, national guard heavy state, um, in terms of the support that we're providing 
uh, so um, the National Guard has been, uh, and I'm sure you follow the, the news quite closely, the, the National Guard has really been leaned on very, very heavily uh, to support COVID. Um, and uh, for that reason, the, uh, in, in here in Indiana, just to give you a couple examples, um, I already mentioned the long-term care facilities and the mobilizations that are happening right now, but they're also supporting everything from uh, local food banks. Um, they're providing support on logistics and operations, um, and even um, providing some support at penitentiaries uh, throughout the state. So really all across the state, uh, our, our guardsmen are being asked to do more um, and where that's uh, where the USO is, is providing support is not only through our center operations um, as they're getting ready to, to mobilize uh, so they can stop in, grab a soda, uh, play some Xbox when they have some downtime, uh, but also through our mobile outreach. Uh, so when they're on these mobilizations right now at the food banks, we're providing uh, some snacks, food and beverage, um, even the occasional meal. Uh, through uh, Mission Barbecue and some of our other partners so that they can have some, um, uh, some much needed relief and some, uh, some, some good food um, as they're on these uh, uh, mobilizations throughout the state on the front line supporting COVID operations. So where are, you, are you part of the Defense Department? Are you funded by the government or are you a private organization? We are not, and that, that is a uh, very common uh, uh, misperception that, that we are part of the, uh, the Defense Department, uh, but we are actually a separate, uh, we are a private nonprofit organization. Uh, so uh, we're funded uh, by private donations and, and the good work of uh, um, volunteers. In fact, here in, in the state of Indiana, we have uh, a, uh, almost 500 volunteers that uh, um, help man our centers. So at the airport, uh, Camp Atterbury, uh, Fort Wayne, uh, all throughout the state, uh, we've got a very dedicated core of volunteers that advance the USO mission and, and provide that home away from home um, and USO hospitality to our service members, whether it's on the road, um, and or at one of our centers. Um, and that, uh, that volunteer support is very, very important to us. Um, it, it certainly keeps our, um, certainly uh, we could not deliver on our mission without that volunteer support, uh, but also our, our funding partners uh, are invaluable. And uh, because we are not part of the, uh, we are not a government agency, we rely heavily on private donations uh, through corporate partners, private uh, donations, and then individuals as well to fund our mission. If someone wants to volunteer or help fund those missions, how can they do that? Go to uh, indiana.uso.org and uh, would love to have someone get involved. Uh, we're always looking for great volunteers uh, and uh, ways to employ, engage uh, corporations and uh, get pe more people involved. Very good. Uh, Mike Hamlin, USO Executive Director here in Indiana. 
I, have you, I mean, how much do you travel and see the operations? I mean, you're, you're the executive director of Indiana, so I imagine you travel a lot around the state. But are you called on to go to places like Afghanistan and, and participate in some, uh, some service over there? That is not something I've had the opportunity to do before, uh, although that would be uh, quite an honor and a privilege. It's really just an honor uh, to be uh, to to work here in the state of Indiana for uh, for our Hoosier uh, service members uh, and their families. Uh, but that's uh, uh, certainly something. Uh, if if uh, given the opportunity, I would certainly take advantage of it. So I guess I should ask, what about the entertainment part that that everybody thinks about? I mean, do you organize a lot here in Indiana in terms of mm-hmm. uh, entertainment? I I work for the Bob and Tom Show, and I see a lot of comedians doing USO stuff. Tell us how that piece of the operation works. Absolutely. So we actually have a whole entertainment uh, department. Uh, the USO has a, a global entertainment department, which is part of our programs team. Uh, so um, the, um, and that, that came out of the, uh, the uh, going all the way back to the, you know, Bob Hope days. <laughs> I think uh, entertainment was really identified as, one of the, the core, uh, part of the, the DNA of, of USO. Um, so, uh, so the, one of the, the main missions of the USO is uh, provide the, uh, the entertainment and hospitality uh, for, uh, for our service members. They do that through, uh, through enter, um, providing tours overseas um, Interestingly, a lot is going on right now with the uh, uh, in the gaming area, um, and uh, uh, but you, you periodically you'll see the the Colts going over uh, on, on tours uh, to the Middle East and so forth. So, but that that is all organized through the uh, uh, through the uh, through our entertainment department and uh, uh, the the team that that uh, coordinates that those tours. So very quickly, because we're running out of time, what is the one thing that you see every day that you wish everybody understood? You know, the, the uh, one thing that uh, uh, certainly um, in my experience with the USO is just the unbelievable dedication of our servicemen and women and their families that they make uh, over and over and over again. Um, and it's, it's just humbling to be, uh, to have a small, a small role in the organization that is the, the force behind the forces. Well, thank you for what you do. And Mike Hanlon, we appreciate you joining us. Executive director in Indiana for the USO and their website is indiana.uso.org. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Chris, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Now Hear This. I am your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website at nowhearthisindy.com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please email Gabby at nowhearthisindy at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for listening, and we will be back again next weekend with Now Hear This. In the span of two years, podcast advertising has become a billion-dollar industry. Why? Changes to social media and search engines aren't getting the same results as they used to.
And let's be honest, why would anyone want to financially support them? Plus, the loyal audiences of audio brands have a better return on investment. Need more convincing on that? Look up Edison Research's Infinite Dial. As the longest-running libertarian network, the audience of the We Are Libertarians podcast network have been our partners in growth for almost a decade. We are looking for advertisers that will enhance the lives of our listeners, and we have only six slots available for companies that are looking to grow with us. Volume matters in advertising, and no other libertarian brand can offer you over 40 episodes across 10 shows a month while reaching tens of thousands of people for one easy monthly payment. It is simple. Email me now, Chris Spangle at chrisspangle.com, and let us start supporting your business as you support ours.